This is Agents Influence Podcast. If you're not understanding your processes, if you're not understanding why have I got this piece of technology to help me achieve what the outcomes are, and the problem is the CRM historically has been a management tool, KPIs. I just want reports, reports, reports to push up to, um, uh, to management. CRM system is just simply a record of truth. Car clients, relationship, management. It should just do that. It should record conversations, contact details, and what is happening in that relationship between you and your prospect and your client. Phone call, phone call, meeting, meeting, turning into proposition, add some value to that, attributing pipeline, meeting, meeting, close, win. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently. Hello, 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 and welcome to Agents Influence Podcast, conversations here with Jason Cass, and today I am here also with Mr. Alexander Lowe. Um, You're thinking to yourself, like, who is that? That's why I'm bringing him to you. I think he's going to be an exciting individual. Um, We're going to talk about sales, beyond sales, social selling. I love what he puts here, something he talks about, intent, data, you know, here at the Agents uh, Influence and Agency Intelligence, we love our data because we think data makes the world go round, and it does, and it's only going to continue to. I want to talk about that. He has a little bit on artificial intelligence and employee advocacy. We're not going to talk about all that, but I just wanted to give you the well-roundedness of Mr. Alexander Lowe. Alexander, welcome to the podcast. Jason, thank you very much. Delighted to be um, on here. I always say delighted. If anybody listens to my podcast, every single podcast starts with delighted. I've got to stop okay. doing that. <laughs> it means something, right? I, it's genuine. That's the cool part. So, I mean, so that's really cool. So, um, being genuine. So, you are a podcaster. Uh, I am he, uh, the podcaster of The Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um Is it the death of a salesman or is it the transformation of what a salesman can be? Like content and stuff can be a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, you know, salesperson, right? Um, I'm interested to talk more about that. But before we do, what all the listeners want to know about, they'll fast forward when you start talking about yourself, but this is what they want to hear. I'm joking. Uh, Are you an iPhone or are you a droid user over there across the pond? Uh, iPhone, I'm afraid. iPhone. You're an iPhone. Would you say a lot of your friends are iPhone or are they droid users? Uh, that is an interesting question. I don't think anybody's asked me. I would say majority iPhone. For real? Okay. My friends, okay. I would okay. say. The, the droids dominate the world, but they yeah. dominate America. The iPhones do, right? So it's just yeah. kind of curious hearing that. But then again, um, you're, you're in, where are you at? England? I'm in London. Yeah, London, SW19, Wimbledon, where the tennis, uh, the tennis is. So uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, fantastic. I yeah. So see, we're 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 brothers and sisters. You know what I mean. So uh, of course, that's why you probably have a lot of iPhones. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Always winning. 
you have to lose to win those sometimes. So as long as you learn from, you know, you ought to take the losses when you take them. And as long as you learn from those losses and then build on that, then that should help the winning. But I'm all, I'm all about winning, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Ryan Hanley this morning did a podcast and I was listening and her name was Meg something. I can't remember. Excuse me. And it was really, really weird because she put down a great thing as to how to her winning is not anything. And winning is, that's my answer too, Alexander, yeah. is that to me, I like the win. And she says that that's not something that she likes. And she says she finds that people that are of younger generation, that's not their main motivator as well. I mean, they want to feel good. They want to win. Yes, they do. Um, but winning so that they can get money is not their motivator, right? People like to win, but maybe not necessarily like it used to be in the fact uh, at the end is, is um, what the end result is. So do if you had to say one of two things got you to where you are today, would you mm -hmm. say it's skill or would you say it's luck? <laughs> you can't have one without the other in terms of, uh, I believe. Um, I've certainly learned ahead of a lot along, along the way. And if I look back at my career to what I know, what I now know, I can look back at when things went wrong. I think, God, now I can see where, where they went wrong. But I also believe you need okay. to create your own luck. And that's the beauty of social media. I used to have a headline on LinkedIn saying accelerating serendipity through social. You can create your own luck. You, you can bump into people at the right time on the right thing. And then le leveraging that skill you've learned, acquired over time, building on that luck can then help you win. Dude, I love that. I love that. That is, that's That's legit. If MC Hammer was here, he'd say that's too legit to quit. <laughs> so, Alexander, tell us, take us back in two or three minutes. Take us back to high school, diapers, whenever. Um, bring yeah. us forward to how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, so fair question. I, I fell into sales. Um, my late father was a software salesman back in the day, and I kind of saw what he was doing and thought, well, he's affording me and my brother and my family a, a, a nice, comfortable lifestyle. So fell into real estate in London, then did that for two years, then decided I was going to get a proper job. So went into recruitment for five years. That started my journey of LinkedIn and everything social, then left recruitment into professional services. So PwC accounting firm, then an international law firm, then commercial real estate, James Lang LaSalle, where I led the first ever social selling program globally, according to LinkedIn. LinkedIn did case studies on me, yada, yada, yada. Brexit happened, lost my job, set up my own consulting company, Beyond Sales Limited, spent the last four and a half years consulting back into industry, helping organizations understand the shift in mindset and behavior required to have a digital approach to sales and marketing. Uh, and then most recently have uh, joined uh, Lately uh, to help them scale into the enterprise. That's me, that's my story. I think Lately is exceptional. Uh, all you loyal listeners know that uh, Kate had been on here, uh, the CEO. Uh, in a way, she has a team that's made her where she is today. She'd be the first mm -hmm. to tell you that. But she is the mastermind behind this craziness as well. Um, so Kate is an exciting insuretech business woman. I don't, you don't have to yeah. pigeonhole her into insuretech. Mark. She's a fantastic businesswoman that will be a driving force. She already is now, but she will be in the five, 10 years to come. And especially with people like yourself, Alexander, because she understands something, um, that is very, very important. Steve Jobs said, I don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. I hire smart people and have them tell me what to do. So guess what, Alex? you're the smart person. You know what I mean? So, so good luck to you. So tell, so let's, let's get right into this because mm -hmm. you said a lot of great things and I wish everybody would give a two or three minute spiel of jumping through who they are. 
Sometimes I love them, but it's like 10, 15 minutes long. It's like, guys, people are in a drive. They're they're on a run right now listening to this. Like, we got to get through this. But anyways, you said that you said at the end it was about the mind shift and the change and about yeah. digital sales. You said a lot there. Let's mm -hmm. dive into that. What does that mean? What is this mind shift? What is this change from your perspective? So if we kind of let's go pre pre COVID pre pandemic, this was already in you know in play. So it's my own experience of trying to do this in house, as it were, with large organisations is getting people to do the do, but understanding the what's in it for me. Why why should I, the end user, share this piece of corporate content? Why should I update my LinkedIn profile? Is what what's in it for me? This feels like you, the machine, are telling me to uh, to do it. I'm a big proponent of Carol Dweck and uh, mindset theory and a lot of this is shifting people it's not telling people how to push buttons on social media people understand the mechanics of what to do it's helping them understand what is the outcome you are trying to achieve get a new job raise brand awareness drive net new sales land and expand in, a, in, in an account account-based marketing strategy whatever it is social fits all of this so help them understand that outcome then reverse engineer the process to get them to understand the inputs required to achieve that outcome through social are this, this, and this. If you do that, that, and this, and this on a regular basis and shift your behavior day-to-day -day and your mindset around what you're trying to do, your perception of what social media is in a B2B construct, you will then achieve those outcomes. What's been fascinating is if you don't even understand what the outcome is you're trying to achieve, I don't care whether it's social, cold calling, email, carrier pigeon, it doesn't matter, you're never going to be able to achieve that, that outcome. So it, it's for me, it's around the transformation of behaviors and then looking at the digitization of the sales process, the marketing process, I don't care what it is, and then how maybe you've got to change some of the things that you're doing and then where does technology and then where does data support and augment that. Okay, so how, when you saw lately, and of all the products out there and your mm -hmm. expertise, people um, probably were going after you and asking you to join them. What about lately did you see that helps catapult what you just said? Uh, they solve the fundamental challenge that every social media team, marketing team, digital team has on the planet is how do I get my content that has been created or the content that someone has written to work much harder for me? Rule of thumb is you write a blog, you create a podcast, you create a vlog, you do a webinar, whatever the content is. You then want to get that to work hard for you because social is an ever-moving, just fast beast, right? What you don't want to be doing is just sharing exactly the same boring, dull post every day, every week, because then people go, you haven't done that, you're not interested. So create five, 10, 15, 20 unique social media posts to go across whatever the channel is, could be Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, it needs to be unique and draw them in. That takes time, that takes effort. People can't be bothered to do that. Salespeople haven't got time to do it. Lawyers haven't got time to do it. Insurance brokers haven't got time to do it. Our list goes on. When I saw what Lately was doing in terms of their auto-generation um, uh, technology layered with the AI so it can start to learn. I was already paying for a well-known other publishing tool, very good at what it does. I was like, I'll take my money, take it. Because I could see the value that that was gonna drive in terms of time saving for me, get my content to work harder for me, so my podcasts, my vlogs, my blogs. So it works a long period of time um, for me across social, which means I'm constantly visible in conversation to then draw those people towards me. Because I un I understand what my outcome and my strategy is that I'm trying to do is generate business conversations to turn into 
money to pay the um, uh, to pay the bills. If you follow Seth Mars, um, he's an analyst from Forrester. He's starting to produce some amazing content. So recent research, and they shared this uh, February of this year, 2021 we are now, um, that 68% of B2B buyers in a survey they did, so 68% said they can now shortlist a vendor purely on digital content alone. I not even having talked to a salesperson, not even talked to an SDR, an AE, what have you, wow. going online, going to digital and shortlisting those vendors purely on the digital content they can find. So businesses that start to understand that I don't care whether you're a solopreneur or a global multi-billion dollar organization, everybody has this same challenge, I haven't got time. But what COVID has done has changed how our buyers buy. And this is across, again, all industries. McKinsey Research came out in December 2020. They surveyed 3,626 people across B2B. 15% of those respondents said they would spend over a million dollars on a product or service in a total virtual end-to-end -end environment without meeting a human being. So lately solved one of the biggest challenges businesses have. I've spent time and effort and money making this content. How now do I get it out there? And I love what you said. So loyal listeners, this is really important to drive this into an agency. He said that he has this, he knows his end result, which is to get out there and the content he's created to have enough of it out there. Cause you're so right. I've created so many, like over 600 podcasts. How many podcasts have so much value that I've yeah. done a year ago, two years ago that are not out there and lately yeah. allows that you're exactly right. But I like what you said there. You're trying to create business conversations. That's what you said. And I like that because we don't assume that sometimes we think, oh, they click here, they put their information in and they buy. Now you're saying that that's possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. But right now that's all we associate to. We're opposed to someone who is an insurance agent or an insurance agency owner. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. They're trying to can make those connections, those conversations. Yeah. So then you draw them in. And I love that. I really, 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 really do love that. I do. Yeah. It's, I saw that. I read that. I listened to that. That sounds interesting. You look like, you look like and sound like somebody that I trust. I like could help me in terms of what I want to do. I now want to learn more from you. You know what, Alex? It's what you and I are doing, right? I read some of your stuff. I can't remember, and I tried to find it again. But the one that we talked about, I'll talk about it here in a minute. But I read that, right? And then I went and read some more. And then here you go. You draw me in, right? Now I'm saying, hey, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is a podcast, but it's the same if it's a relationship is a relationship is a relationship, they have yeah. the basic quality and fundamentals. And one of the things that I heard a guy say lately, um, which I thought was good is, is sometimes we associate relationships to be about love and feelings and stuff. And mm -hmm. that's great. But in business, that's cool. You can do that. But in business, he says, relationships are, are, are three things. Did you communicate clearly with me? right? Whether that's in mm -hmm. talking, whether that's in my yeah. social, my digital, did you clearly communicate with me? Did you solve a problem or did you identify a weakness and where you can solve it, right? Because we all have issues and if people can yeah. help us with our problem, that's a, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And did you tell me and explain thoroughly to me the consequences if I didn't take that action that you recommended? Yeah. He said, at the end of the day, all relationships are truly built on that. And people get lost into sometimes what that B2B true relationship is. And mm -hmm. I, I thought that was very, very interesting. Any thoughts on any of that, Alex? 
I think absolutely, and you know, there's so much, there's so much research out there to say, even with your B to B to B or B to C, we still buy yeah. emotionally, as it were. There is a mo- and especially if I think about it in uh, in the world of insurance, in terms of my own experience of um, buying insurance, or in terms of the experience I have in terms of remortgaging my house, I've never actually met the person that does all our financing for the uh, for, for, for the house. It was through a, a an introduction through somebody I trusted at work. The way that he has, um, exactly to your point, Jason, serviced me, as it were, is in a way that I want to communicate with him. So sometimes it's via email, sometimes it's phone calls, sometimes it's through WhatsApp. But he communicates to me in a way that I want to be communicated with. He doesn't try and sell. He's like, here's the options. Here's what I think is best for you. You go and talk yeah. to your wife. You think, and then, you know, we're talking like seven figures in terms of the valuation of my, my house and uh, mortgages and taking on a huge mm-hmm. amount of debt, which you can see every time I log into my bank account. So I'm like, oh my God, am I ever going to get rid of that? Um, so it's, it's really important that businesses need to understand that. And what is fascinating for me, I think what we're seeing is that what I refer to as the consumerization of the sales process. And it's, Building on the experience side of things is that every, so for your listeners, I want you to kind of pause whatever you're doing, think about the best digital experience you've had with a brand. So the way I describe it is um, I bank with NatWest, which is a UK um, uh, UK bank. Their in-store experience was always god awful, just terrible. However, the digital banking app that I use, the experience is really very, very good indeed. So they've now set the bar in terms of what my expectation of an experience is with a financial services company. I also have an Amex Platinum card. That is not cheap to have on an annual basis in terms of the fees that you you pay. Therefore, it's premium. Therefore, I would expect the experience I have with Amex to be at least the same as my bank. And at the moment, the digital experience that Amex gives me is crap. Because I'm benchmarking that against what good should be so all your insurance um, agency brokers and listeners your client base are basing the experience they have with you and they're benchmarking it against the best they've had that's either physical virtual digital touch points you used a word in there that i have a presentation on that i haven't done since 2012 which is called mm-hmm. consumer consumerization commercialization yeah. yes and I really, really, it's it's important because loyal listeners, it's introducing a new product or production method into commerce, making it available on the market. Mm-hmm. The term coincides, I'm sorry, co-notes, especially entry into the mass market, but it includes a move from laboratory into commerce. If that is is confusing to you, it seems as if it is. But if you go look at some of the graphics and you have some things, that's very, very, very important about what you're talking about, commercialization. And also... Um, well, we'll get on with that. You wrote an article, and I can't remember the name of it. It was called like "The CRM is Dead, but the yeah. CRM is Alive" or something. Long live like the CRM that. is dead. Long live the CRM. Taken from Shakespeare. The king is dead. Long live, long live the king. king there you go. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. What 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 made you uh, write that? Because I get really, um, to coin an American term, pissed. Uh, when people say to me that they see in English, if you say you're pissed, it means you're drunk. Um, whereas in American, if you say you're pissed, it means you're angry. <laughs> yeah, so if, you say, if you say to an Englishman, I'm pissed, he'll, he'll think you're drunk, not that you're angry. Um, so <laughs> Did not know that. Learn something new every day. Yep. Um, I get really frustrated when people say to me, oh, CRM system's crap. I was like, no, it's not. It's an inanimate, dumb object. How can a CRM system be crap? It's just a piece of technology. 
if you're not understanding your processes, if you're not understanding why have I got this piece of technology to help me achieve what the outcomes are. And the problem is the CRM historically has been a management tool, KPIs. I just want reports, reports, and reports to push up to, um, uh, to management. CRM system is just simply a record of truth. Client, relationship, management. It should just do that. It should record conversations, contact details, and what is happening in that relationship between you and your prospects and your client. Phone call, phone call, meeting, meeting, turning into proposition, add some value to that, attributing pipeline, meeting, meeting, close, win. Then you can start to follow that customer journey th through that from an end-to-end -end perspective to go, well, we're doing lots of this over here and that's generating that in terms of pipeline. We're doing lots of that over there, that doesn't seem to be working. So stop doing that and start doing more of that. The challenge is, it comes back to my point around um, using social and digital. If the sales rep just thinks they're being forced to do it because it's not benefiting them, it's benefiting management because management want reports to hit them over the head with, we're like, oh, I'm not going to do this because oh, I'm not going to be lazy. Everything's a cold call. I can't be bothered to put it was an MQL. I can't be bothered to put it was inbound through social because it's not actually benefiting me. Mm -hmm. CRM for me is becoming is coming kind of full full circle because it's not only CRM, it's your third-party data sources. So how are you augmenting the data in CRM with third-party data? How are you then starting to bring in um, marketing data into this? So you can start to now look at, back to that experience piece, in an ideal world, the entire uh, customer journey, and we're now moving into you know, customer journey orchestration. So looking at what were the touch points that somebody did that then ended in that result of doing a, a, getting a good deal. In theory, if we then learn and iterate and repeat from that, we know that to be good, then you start to bring AI on top of this, which then helps support some of that decision-making and some of that guidance and that trend analysis to what to do. And this is what, again, going back to Seth Mars and Forrester is talking about. He is now talking about dynamic guided selling. So bringing the world of e-commerce into B2B, so you're leveraging all of this to get to the point which I'm now coining the phrase, go to where your customer is, not where they've been. So use data, technology, behavioral change, process and insight to then have a conversation with the right person at the right time about the right thing. And that's recorded back in your record of truth, which is a CRM system. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Well, I recorded the time. It was around 17 and a half minutes. I don't know as loyal listeners when you're listening because we got the intro and, you know, ad that comes in there, but it's somewhere in there that you need to back it up about three minutes. Okay. And listen to that because even if you're a very big novice, you can understand majority of what you just said, Alex, that was very, very well laid out that customer journey. I see 
that when you're recording those transactions from the beginning to the end and those touch points, as you say, and you're helping AI help build that, I think not only does it help putting those touch points in that and, and deepening that relationship, because in my, and truthfully, that's what automation does is it, mm-hmm. and that's what AI, it, it builds it deeper. I think it becomes about customers' expectations. And here's what I even want to say. Customers' unexpectations. Mm -hmm. How can you meet those expectations? That's what you said. And it reminds me of what Wayne Gretzky said. He said, don't go to where the puck is. Go to where the puck's going to be, right? And that's what you're saying. And, Mm -hmm. And I think what that means in business of going to where the customer is or puck is, is what's their next move and knowing it before sometimes they know it. What's that next touch point? And think of this, Alex. Think about this. I had somebody explain this to me the other day, and I had never really thought about this. When you have the medical field, you have, you know, somebody, the medical field knows a lot about that person and their medical history, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know what car to car they drive. They don't know how much their mortgage is. They don't know how many kids they have. They don't know all this stuff. They know it about that. If you're a bank, you know about that person's banking Mm -hmm. ability. Yeah, you can look at their credit, but just off the top of looking and grasping in their current management system, they don't know how many cars they have, how their house is, their kids, Mm -hmm. where they go to school, what they do on the weekend when they go on vacation. This is the beauty of the independent insurance agent. We know the customer journey, not only from our buying decision or their buying process of inside our agency, I know in my clients what their date of births are, their social security numbers. I know where they shop because they let me know that I have a vacation because they let me know, hey, I'm going on vacation. What do I need for this or that? I know how many kids they have. I know when their next one's born. I know when the next one's going to turn 16. I know what their driving habits are. I know how many claims they'd made. Uh, I can get a rough insurance score, which is a basic credit score. Think of that. And I want loyal listeners to think about that. Because we have we have a breath, a huge, vast amount of of data that we can use. And it's where and I think that gives us an advantage, Alex, and this is what I'm here. I think that gives us an advantage to be able to know, to be able to get to where that customer is going before they get there. What say you? Absolutely. It's it's it goes back to I remember talking about this with the CMO from IBM about well, 10 years ago now. When um, she was going, uh, I want to rebuild. I need to rebuild the whole website. This is just this is insane. This is too big. We're talking about IBM, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the junior sales reps said, well, "Why do we need to build the whole website? We know what our customers do. We know what time frame they do it in because we have it recorded in the CRM system. We know typically if they buy this product first, based on our experience with all our other loyal customers." After six, after four months, they typically all go on to buy that piece of software. Three months later, it's that add-on. Four months later, it's that add-on. So fix just that customer journey of the, the pages of the website. Then we need to make sure that we're nudging kind of three weeks before we typically know the next things to happen to get back into their... Um, uh, their kind of psyche, if you will, going, hey, we think you're probably thinking about this now. How about we do this and that based on historical data? So for your loyal listeners, again, you will have, you will know, I know this, you will know in your mind what your ideal customer profile looks like. If you truly sat down and thought about it and actually what, how long does it take to get from start of, I'm talking to somebody who I've never talked to before in my life to getting them to sign along the line and is dotted. And typically what are the gates? 
What's the time frame between each, each gate? What potentially might be the pitfalls that come up to? So if I go back to my real estate days, you're talking to the husband, I need to talk to the wife. If I'm talking to the wife, I need to talk to the husband. So second guess that. How mm. about we get, you know, I'm only talking to you. Can we get in the next call? Can I have your wife or whoever is involved in that decision-making process to make sure you're bringing them along in the, uh, in the journey? There's the basic stuff. Back to my recruitment days, your point, Jason. When are they on holiday? When have they got kids' birthdays? So the next time you're picking up the phone to them, you don't go straight in to sell. Hey, how was the holiday? How's Johnny or Sally getting on at the lacrosse game or the hockey game? Just bringing that kind of human element into it. It sounds like you give a shit <laughs> and you're not actually just trying to fog them an insurance policy because you need to make your Or, hey, it's due and it's time to pay, <laughs> just like they always say. I mean, the customer's telling us that. That's what they always say to us. They're yeah. like, you know, you only come around every 12 months when I need to pay, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're begging. They're telling us right there, like, hey, why don't you think of some other things that are important that you can provide value in? Um, and I think that's huge. You know, back in the 70s and 80s from the books that I read when I was younger about car sales, I was never a car salesman, but I was always been fascinated with sales. They called it the itch cycle. Like mm -hmm. they knew after three or four times of you buying a vehicle, how often you were going to buy that vehicle. They yeah. knew when to come out with the sale for you, right? Because mm -hmm. they knew when, oh yeah, well I normally, and you don't even think about it. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, you kind of look back and you're like, man, I do buy a vehicle every five years, don't I? You know, and it's like, yeah, most of the time that's on purpose. You know what I mean? That, that That's that's driven. You just don't realize it. So think about this. How do we do that in day-to-day -day life, right? Uh, and, and Amazon, that's, you guys, big, you guys yeah. use Amazon a lot? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's just funny. We, we don't know. Um, but the Amazon, <laughs> but the Amazon, but Amazon is kind of starting to create it. And I remember back in the, 2007, 2008, there was a website called like pharmacy.com or pharmacy mm -hmm. something. And, and you could order toothpaste and they would tell you like after the third yeah. time you order toothpaste, don't worry about it. You don't need to order it anymore. We know you use a tube every four weeks. So we're going to yeah. deliver you a new one in three and a half weeks. Start to think about when we sometimes uh, consumers today don't really feel comfortable with the shopping yet and it being delivered. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because they want to pick out per certain things. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, then have the toilet paper, right? The same stuff you get every time. <laughs> let let AI slowly start to take that over, yeah. right? Um, so I think that's an interesting concept. So exciting where we're going, dude. This is an awesome time yeah. to be alive. It really, it, truly it, is, you it, know? It is. And I'm, I'm glad I'm Gen X because I remember a time pre-social, pre pre-internet, pre-this. And, you know, we're living through every single iteration of what's um, uh, mm. what's happening. But just picking up on your point, Jason, around, um, you know, as a service, I'm, it's fascinating where that's that's going. So as a service, think of the Netflix model. You pay, so in the UK, my £14.99 a month, that, without even thinking about it, I can stop at any time. The reason I continue paying that £14.99 a month is because the, the, the service and the content that Netflix gives me is awesome. Netflix couldn't give a crap whether I watch one film or 100 films. They don't care. Certainly what I'm now seeing in the car industry in the UK, so we're now thinking about looking on X car, um, I won't do higher purchase, I won't do you know three-year lease back, I'm probably going to go to Volvo and do their Volvo as a service. So it's going to cost me more per month, but I can step away at any point and everything's, uh, everything's covered. So insurance as a service, you put a little box into your car and your insurance gets charged by the day based on how you drive. So if you drive well, you don't break the speed limit, you're a good citizen, your premium is going to go down. If you act like an asshole on the road, your premium is going to go up. 
it's really interesting where all of this is starting to go. So then how do we make sure we don't lose the human element? It's where does then the human aspect come into that? Mm. And we're starting to see it in law, we're starting to see it in accounting. We as human beings, our risk tolerance is starting to get higher and higher and higher in terms of I'm happy to buy stuff without talking to a human being. You know, I'm happy to sign up to that piece of software and spend down, you know, if I take LinkedIn Sales Navigator as an example, all your listeners should sign up to Sales Navigator. It's a brilliant piece of tool, gives you great insight and um, uh, and data. I could go and spend 10 licenses now for lately at $10,000 and not talk to a human being. That's going to start to get higher and higher and higher. And then it's, a, yes, it is. it's yeah, it's, it's an awesome world we live in. I love it. <laughs> it is. It is. Haven't said it in a while, but if you want to get like really thoughtful in it we have ad and we have bc right after death mm -hmm. before christ now i believe in the mid 90s 100 200 300 500 a thousand years they're going to look back to 1993 or four mm -hmm. and they're going to say there it was right there there was before internet and after internet yeah whenever they say that may be 70s and maybe it was only mm -hmm. consumerization in the 90s whatever it was but they're going to look back yeah. And they're going to say that there is where it started, right? That's right mm -hmm. at the beginning before humans were smarter or, uh, or when humans were smarter than computers <laughs> for, for that first 30 years they had. Yeah. It. But after that, the computers were way smarter. I don't also, you know, it's also, uh, yeah, I don't really want to go into it. It's, it's, a, it's different ways of thinking about com consume, uh, cons um, computers and digital, yeah. right? I was reading, I love to read. And I'll end, we'll end with this little t discussion here, but um, and they're reading that in in a re main religion over in Asia, um, they believe that things of electric um, robots and stuff mm -hmm. that they have a soul, like they believe that those things have an energy, like we have an energy that makes wow. us go. This is one of their main religions believes this, and that's why to them they see robots and digital means as something that they accept. Yeah. Like this is okay to them. Like they like it. Mm -hmm. They kind of don't laugh at us, but they don't understand sometimes the way that we see it as, oh, machines are going to get smart and they're going to take over the world. And pretty soon there will be no human to human communication in the sales process. And it's kind of like that's built on Hollywood, right? That's yeah. built on some of our, our movie th studios who have built us into our brain. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how someone just on the other side of the uh, of the world can see it differently. You know, absolutely. It's we're, we're we're interesting times, and that whole just pick up on that point around salespeople not being in, in in the sales process. Now, I believe that will happen in some cases as the the productization the productization of stuff when you don't need to talk to a salesperson is fine, and maybe the role of a salesperson will change. And I've always talked about the role of a salesperson is to enable the purchase not to give the reason to buy and not to buy. So it's thinking about flipping the, the script a little bit around what is what, what is my role in this process? It's actually to help the person make that decision. And things like insurance is really important, right? It's really important they get that decision right because if something goes wrong, and I certainly know that in, you know, in, in, in the US, it's probably, you know, insurance is a big thing, health insurance, all that kind of thing. We're very lucky in the UK in terms of how, you know, how some of our insurance providers um, you know, work. And the other thing about insurance, it's always the thing that you don't want until you need it. <laughs> it's like, it is one of the hardest sells, right? Because you're paying out all this money and you feel you're getting no value for it until and you, you don't want to use it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, damn it. I wish I'd taken that premium out, which you told me about because now I freaking need it. <laughs>
That's right. I know it's weird. It's really, really <laughs> weird. I know. I know. Hey, Alex, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I really, truly do. I like to wrap up with three questions. Uh, uh, anything before we do that uh, you want to say? Uh, just thank you for having me on here. Really enjoyed it. If anybody wants to hit me up on varying social channels to continue the conversation, just find me on LinkedIn, Alexander Lowe, or wherever, and happy to chat. Always happy to shoot the breeze. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Great, 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 great stuff. Last closing, couple questions that I like to get. The others were about, you know, some other things and winning. I like to get personal here with uh, you and your boo. You watching Hulu, Amazon Prime, you got some time watching Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. What are you in your time? Like if I know you probably don't watch TV or maybe you do. No, but like when you need to veg out, what do you watch? When I need to veg out. So um, my wife watches like the wives of Beverly Hills BS type sort of stuff. But um, I got back into Deadliest Catch on um, on Ooh. documentary. I love Gold Rush. I'm a big fan of Parker on Gold Rush in terms of mining uh. in the Yukon and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm also a barbecue geek. I mean, I love following American barbecue channels on YouTube and stuff with low and slow trying out all the different styles. So Franklin Barbecue, you know, Aaron Franklin, he's my hero in terms of the world of barbecue. So so documentaries, actually informative stuff. Um, it's kind of where yeah. I, I switch off. Alex, uh, that's that that's awesome. Leaders are readers, and I know you're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading, uh, what the hell is the book called? It's written by Ross Braun and uh, the other chap who led Mercedes, not Mercedes, the Ross Braun technical director, former technical director of Mercedes of Formula One and um, Ferrari and about how he built one of the most successful Formula One teams in the world and how that can be, how that strategy can be built into uh, into management. I'll ping you the full title of the book because it's quite a long one. Another brilliant one to read though is um, Eric Siegel's um, Predictive Analytics, uh, the power to predict who's going to buy, lie and die. It's fascinating around kind wow. of everything that we've... What um, was that one again? Uh, it's, Eric's Predictive Analytics by Eric Siegel. If you put it into Amazon, it's a brilliant read around the world that we now live in generally. And the, some of the examples he gives are kind of, are kind of terrifying. We go, hey, that's me. I'm the consumer at the other end. I'm, I get and see that. So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Awesome, dude. Thank you very much. I like that. I like that. I like that. You know, uh, really do appreciate your time. Thank you for taking it. I know across the pond. What time is it right now? Uh, what time is it? It's a quarter to... Four in the afternoon. Okay, so it's a quarter to 10 here in the morning over in the U.S. And my loyal listeners always like to know today is May 6th of 2021. So once again, Alex, thanks for your time. Everybody check him out, the Death of a Salesman's podcast out there. Uh, another great guy. Last time, uh, the last person we had from across the pond uh, was Benjamin Dennehy, the UK's yeah. most hated sales trainer. That's my he's dog. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's he's coming to our brain share in San Antonio on the 13th, 14th, and 15th in San Antonio, Texas. We invited him over because uh, nice. he is a riot, and it's about sales in today and tomorrow's world. So yeah, it's uh, a lot along the lines of what we talked about here. So Alex, I appreciate it. I really do. Jason, my pleasure. Thank you. And to all you loyal listeners out there, you know, tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass. He's been low, and we are out. Are dropped calls and poor voice quality slowing down your business communication? It's time you switch to a solution that keeps the team connected seamlessly. Introducing Lightspeed Voice, your gateway to a revolutionary VoIP system designed to elevate your business communications to the next level. With Lightspeed Voice, you get more than just a reliable connection. You get 
feature-rich system that adapts to your business needs, whether it's video, conferencing, virtual voicemail, or call forwarding. Lightspeed Voice, they've got you covered. They got my agency covered at the Insurance Alliance. Worried about the transition? Don't be. Lightspeed Voice offers a seamless integration, making the switch to our VoIP system a breeze. Our expert support team, that's what they're known for, is here to guide you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and efficient transition for your business. That's right. But that's not all. Lightspeed Voice is not just a communication tool. It's a strategic investment in your business success. It is. Save on your monthly communication costs while enjoying top-notch service. It's a win-win, and it is. You can put that money somewhere else. Don't let outdated communication systems hold your business back. Upgrade to Lightspeed Voice today and experience the difference. Visit our website or call now to schedule a demo and see firsthand how Lightspeed Voice can transform your business communications. Lightspeed Voice, where every word matters and your business is always in sync. CAS approved.